So we require our guests on this show to spit a hot verse to warm the mic. You may begin oh at will. Oh, my. Wow. At will. And it's going in the show. Oh, boy. Any song. Um, my name is Peaches, and I'm the best. All the DJs want to fill my breast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So here's how it goes. Uh, we're just going to have the natural conversation. I'm going to come back at no, the no, end. No, 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 no. Maya can't get up the hook with this boy. Oh, oh welcome aboard. God. Welcome aboard. So maybe, maybe something from my era. There you how go. about that? Yes. What about, what about some... Okay. So what? We get drunk. So what? We smoke weed. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We go out. That's uh-huh. how it's supposed to be. Living young and wild and free. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Welcome officially to the Super Fantastic Show. Thank you and welcome aboard. Angelina Spicer, comedian. And new mom, though she liked to dispute it, she's still new mom, even though her daughter's four years old. Maya Saffron, trainer from the UK. London town. London town, exactly. Dr. Roddy Ferguson, judo Olympian, four-time national judo champion, and not-so-new dad, and me. Plug three, the one they call (laughs) baby Huey, the one that gets (laughs) all the money. That's right. Listen, we are here today to talk about a topic for which I can offer no real expert guidance. Why? Because I will never experience postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, but I'm here to find out what I can about it and to talk to my classmate, my bison sister, comedian, Angelina yes. Spicer. Angelina, get uh, out your phone, girl. What's going on? Uh, off my phone. Uh, um, well, you know what? It's funny that you say I'm a new mom. Because when I'm at comedy clubs and I tell people I'm a new mom and, you know, all the hardships and stuff, they're like, well, how old's your baby? After the show, they're like, how's your baby? I'm like, she's almost four. You're not a new mom. However, bitch, my vagina has not recuperated. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, we thank you. We thank you today, Holy Ghost. Thank you. I still feel like a new mother. Okay. Not only has the vagina still, (laughs) you know, it's still a little, little droopy. Um, but my mind is still gone. Like, I still feel like a new mother. Like, this is new mother shit. This right. is not, like, veteran mama shit. So wait, right? what is... What, right, yeah, boy? What's your schedule like right now? You, you, because you, I thought, we were chatting hey, last hey, night, hey, and hey, you were hey, headed... Coach B, Coach B, Coach B, Coach B, I need one moment. Go. Droopy vagina. Yeah. I just had to say it. You got to. Put a hashtag by it. The drag. Now it's drooping, okay? Mm. When I got out the hospital, Mm-mm. it was dragging down the block. <laughs> <laughs> On the concrete, beat up. Oh, Lord. No like credit, somebody, no credit, no credit to your husband. No, no credit to the man. Oh, only to the daughter. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it is his fault. He's the culprit, okay? <laughs> the problem. How? It is that man with the penis who did this. I, listen, I want to understand what your schedule is like. So you, my, we were chatting last night, and you were headed to a show, and you weren't going to be back till 4 a.m., right? And then when I, okay, so yesterday, I went to a show. My friends taped their Netflix special. Tiffany Haddish and Ida Rodriguez taped their wow. comedy special. 
I went to go support them. Um, Can I just pull up for a second? Obviously, yeah. coming from London town, Tiffany Haddish being your brethren is mind blowing. That's like, <laughs> oh, that's did you sweet. just say, are you a uh, friend? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> that is just crazy for me. So that's yeah. all bad. I'm already happy to be here. <laughs> you know, it, I live in LA. We yeah. use the term friend. When you say a friend, that means a lot. I, so, mm. I mean, I have her number. We've hung oh, out wow. before. Like, but I don't hang out at her house. You know what I'm saying? Oh, of course. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a co-worker. You close enough. Right. It's mm. like a co-worker you see every day. But yeah. Tiffany has a new amazing special coming out with Wanda Sykes Production Company. And so I had to go support them. Um, for many reasons. Because we've been in the trenches together for years. Plugging away. Working on material. Doing showcases for all these networks and everything. And then... I'm also going to be taping my special in August. Awesome. So wow. this is why I'm crowdfunding and doing the whole Kickstarter to get that going. Um, but, you know, I, just, I had to do that. So I did that last night. And then I came home and I'm hosting two pop-up fundraisers in New York next week. I'm also on a speaking tour. So I had to shoot promo videos for that. Right. So, did like 15 videos at like three in the morning. I woke up my baby and my husband and they were like, bitch, what, what are you doing? What, what? I was like, so tired I got. This how how normal is this? How normal is that schedule? This is every day. This right. is every day. Plus, Hollywood. I, plus I, you know, like I work nights and I'm on a speaking tour right now. I'm going to nine cities leading the postpartum revolution. I'm just, I'm really committed to bringing the, a face and some jokes Mm-hmm. And that's actually because what I, that's, so that's what caused me to reach out because mm-hmm. you didn't just come through with like, you know, hey, hey, everybody, cue the sad music. Let me tell you mm-hmm. about this thing that's going on with me. Now, you took your gift and your, your passion, and your, your comedy, and t- are telling the story through comedy, which made me watch the whole thing. I watched the video probably three, four times already. Showed mm-hmm. show my life. It was fantastic. Yeah, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I mean, and Definitely. it's okay. It takes time to get to the jokes because it is so sad. Yeah, of course. It is. You know what I'm saying? It was a really hard journey for those who don't know. Uh, when I had my baby, first of all, I felt like everybody lied to me. I, nobody told me that my uterus was going to be dragging. Nobody told me that when you breastfeed, your vagina cannot get wet. So the thought of having sex after surviving stitches from front to back was just beyond me, okay? That's that. That's that part. Then nobody told me that, like, black women... You've got to deal with the child. No, no, no. Mm. That, 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 I knew that part. But I didn't know the black <laughs> women could get postpartum depression. I thought it was yeah. a white woman's... So, when I got sad, I tried to pray it away. Because that's what black people tell you to do. Pray. Get that oil out and put that oil on it. That's right. Anoint the Holy Spirit will take it away. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> The Holy Spirit didn't come, so I had to go to therapy and (laughs) just giving you facts. And I did, and my wonderful therapist told me that I needed to check into a psychiatric hospital. Mm. Mm. And I did. Tell me what it is. Because I don't Mm -hmm. know what it really is. Can you just educate me on what it felt like? And and then Roddy asked a question earlier. He said... uh, were there signs that you could pick up yourself that you could that you could become aware of early in the process or not? Help me understand what it is. Yeah, well, postpartum depression, it can happen to women 
from the time the baby busts out the vagina till 12 months later. That's mm -hmm. the period. So, and there's varying degrees. Like there's postpartum anxiety, like we talked about. Actually, postpartum anxiety is more common than postpartum depression. I'm sorry, my phone is buzzing. Um, but yes, uh, postpartum depression, it, it could, it looks different for every person, every woman. Uh, I can only describe what it felt like to me because I'm no doctor. I ain't trying to be. I sling jokes. I don't sling pills and medicine. and I, don't, I, I can't heal nobody. But I know for me, it felt like I could not connect with my daughter. Like she felt like a stranger to me. She felt like a leech. She felt like, like my mom would look at her and be like, oh my God, she loves you so much. And I would say, why? Like, why does this baby love me? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't get it. And then I didn't like being a mother. I didn't like motherhood. Let me not say I didn't like being a mother. I didn't like motherhood because I felt like it should have come naturally. It should have been easier for me to adjust. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't really, I don't know what sleep deprivation feels like. I've never been to Guantanamo Bay. You know what I'm saying? Like I've never, that's what they do in Guantanamo Bay. They, <laughs> right. People, as a former <laughs> Um, but like, I've never been, like, I don't know what that feels like. You don't know that feeling until you're in it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like sleep deprivation. I couldn't really bond and connect. And I did not like being a stay at home mother. Mm -hmm. And it's sad that they usually go hand in hand. Right. Like I like to work and, mm -hmm. you know, more power to women who decide to stay at home with their kids and, and can handle that. Cause to me, that's harder than working. Yep. But those three things combined, like I was trying to get back to work. I was trying to go back to stand up cause that's my outlet. And I couldn't because the baby needed to eat and I was tired, you know? Were you nursing? You guys yes, went breastfeeding, not, not formula, right? Okay. Right. Yeah. I breastfed until she was 20 months. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I went to the psych ward, it felt like a vacation to me. It felt like the, the, the gift that I didn't even know I needed. What were the things that your therapist recognized, noticed? You should that... watch the documentary for all of this, honey. Wait, I, you, thought you, we were, I thought, I thought you we were working on getting the documentary out. Like, is it not done yet, right? You're right. We're still working on it. So let's give them something to ask That's about. That's right. Please donate. Give me $5. Don't have me out here like Halle Berry telling somebody to put it anywhere they want for $5. Okay, don't don't do that. If that's a real thing, I'm coming. Hallie. But twenty five dollars, okay, <laughs> anywhere you want. I'm coming hard. <laughs> God, what the hell did I just ask for? Jesus, <laughs> big strong man. Whatever. This big strong man just told me he was gonna give it to me strong. Okay, y'all, please don't have me out here on the corner <laughs> trying to get this postpartum de depression documentary made because I don't want no more kids. And I don't want no STDs. Anyway, okay, your question about... Hey, you know what? Let, 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 me, let me pause for a moment, just as we flow nice and easy. How do you feel about more children? I ain't having them. That's not my life. Ever. Ever. Okay. I went to a psych ward. Right, right. So my but question gonna, was... But pause. Because people put all this pressure on women mm. to not only have children, right. but to have more than one child, mm -hmm. you do know? Do, do people do that? What? Yeah. Have more than pressure one child? Yeah. They have yeah. more than one? Families do it. Yes. Mm. No, 
I'm like, you can't do that, to no, that and, baby. And, and I'm, and I'm asking, I'm, I'm asking, because Coach, Coach B and I are ill-equipped. Nobody ever comes to us and say, "Hey, man, you need to be, you need to have a lot of kids." They don't ever say, they don't say that to young boys growing up. That's mm. uh, no one even sits boys down and tells them the aftermath of like after you've had sex you know there's a child that could come and then when that happens you know you are a father that conversation I don't think it's ever had with anyone women are told constantly you can get pregnant you can get pregnant protect yourself or if you do you're going to have to have kids at some point but I don't think men ever have that conversation yeah. their conversation is different it's about money and like do as much as you want now. You're, you're, you're going to be young forever. Do you know I what I mean? We're told those, you've got a clock. Both of those conversations happen. Like, you know, like I, I have provided my teenage boys with the Costco-sized box of condoms. And I, I, I did the same with my younger brother. It's, it's a thing. Because parenthood <laughs> is the best, uh, what do you call it? The best uh, birth control. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, and, and to your point, we do talk about money. It is, a, it is a conversation amongst men. Like, you know, your job is to provide. And I don't know if that's still, yeah. still valid. And, and, I, and I, think, I think you and I, Coach B, are probably the anomalies. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen as much as it, or as often as it should. Mm. And, even, I agree. and I think, and I think even a lot of men who have daughters, they raise their the verbiage that they use with their sons and their daughters are different. Definitely. You know, like, hey, don't get pregnant. They don't never tell the boy, hey, don't get nobody pregnant. pregnant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. So, And I also, um, Angelina, what you're saying about being a new mum, every step of the way is a new chapter with your child. So it's like you are a new mum every day, really. Do you know what I mean? Because even like me with my mum, my relationship's changed and I'm in my 20s now. From where we were when I was a teenager to now is a whole new dimension. It's a whole new relationship. So every step of the way from what you were doing with her when she was one to two to three to four, you are a new mum of every chapter. Yeah. And for me, like, I I like the two-year-old, three-year-old. I like the toddler phase. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the infant, the newborn phase that is, I'm not cut out for that struggle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like every other part of motherhood is like a, is like a fucking walk in the park compared to that. That, mm. you know, not sleeping, breast milk shooting against the walls, and, you know, I'm with sitting on frozen bananas trying to nurse my sore coochie. Like, that is, take me out. Uh-uh. Mm. I'm not, mm. I can't do that again, you know? So, but yeah, a lot of women do feel pressure from their families once they have one child, no matter how much, how badly they struggle, either financially, mentally, physically, to have the baby. You know, there's a lot of pressure to keep having more kids, at least two. But wait, so you didn't answer. What did the? What did the? It's a. It's a. To me, it's like a drastic thing to say. Hey, leave my office right now and go to the hospital. So, what did he or she notice? She noticed that it's funny because I didn't know at the time. She noticed that I was drowning. Were you there with the baby while you were at the office? No, because I had an audition that day. Okay. Every other week, I had my baby with me at therapy with all the shit, all the play pins and the um, the (laughs) carriers and the diaper bag and the stroller and the car seat and the play mats and the breast pump. I had all the shit Mm. because I was not missing therapy. But my Mm. therapist is so wonderful. She would hold my baby for me so that I could just relax on the couch for an hour. She changed her diapers. She'd burp her. She, She was so nurturing to me. But it is very drastic. She saw for weeks, she said, that I had been drowning mm-hmm. and it wasn't, I wasn't getting better. 
I was still functioning, but I wasn't getting better. And then I was having intrusive thoughts. Like what? That I didn't know. I'm not going to tell you okay. because it's traumatic for me. Right. Um, but I was having intrusive thoughts and I didn't even know that that was a thing. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's something that we need to educate people on. Intrusive mm-hmm. thoughts are just crazy daydreams. That's really what they are. They're just crazy daydreams, but you're so out of your mind, so sleep deprived mm. that you think it's real. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not real. The fact that you're horrified by the thoughts mean that you ain't going to do it. Mm, mm, mm. So, um, did you have, how much help did you have in these early stages? That's a great question, which is why I want to make the documentary show the, show people that you cannot raise kids with a family of one or two. Definitely. It, it really takes a village, for sure. I'm from Brooklyn. All my family still lives on the East Coast. I live in LA. My mm. husband's from Texas. All we had was each other. Mm. And that's a lot more than a lot of people have, but we just didn't feel like we could rely on anybody else other than the two of us to, to handle it. So, you know, a lot of women are deciding to have kids on their own, you know, a lot of people are end up being single parents, not by choice, um, but that's a very, very hard journey because mm-hmm. two people, it broke me to my core. I can't imagine with only one, one source of parenting. I can't, can't do it. When you were uh, going through all this stuff, because I know mm-hmm. you're producing the, the documentary now, yeah. we're going to definitely get into how people can support that. When you were when you were uh, going through all that, were you shooting video in the moment that'll also appear in the documentary? Is yes, there any real life stuff? Yes, wow. I was. Unfortunately, see that's the thing. It's like I and I'm not alone in this. Doing the work of the speaking tour and showing the doc the pieces of the documentary that we have been able to do, I'm realizing that I'm not alone in what I was feeling and feeling depressed, but also wanting to work. Mm-hmm. I wanted to work. And I thought yeah. that working would make me feel like myself again. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately I was still pumping out content. Yeah. I was preg- like, there's a video on my Instagram and my Instagram is at Angelina Spicer, but on my Instagram, there's a video of me very pregnant doing a parody of Patra. Um, romantic call. I'm on a romantic call. Uh-huh. I'm looking for my baby. Now, I was like, I'm looking for a dirty man named Paul. He gave me a baby, me woman, green card. Looking for my dirty man. <laughs> Listen, two days later, Ava came into the world. Okay. Wow. I was very pregnant in a bikini in six inch heels. Swinging <laughs> these jokes. <laughs> After I had the baby, I worked. I, I do trophy modeling for award shows. I was on stage with Prince and The Weeknd, Justin Bieber at the American Music Awards, titties leaking, mm. sucking in my hanging ass uterus, feeling dizzy, can't breathe. Because I'm like, if I could just work, <laughs> if I could just work. Is your I'm husband also in entertainment? Does he have an irregular no. schedule? My husband has a very regular schedule, okay. a high-intensity job, but he has a regular schedule, thank God. Yeah. He's a public defender. Question for you. I think... Oh, go ahead, Maya. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I think that it's so important as a woman of colour, as a black woman, that you've mentioned the um, 
the connection with being of colour or black and feeling these feelings because so many things we feel is a white privileged thing because we're like do you think we've got time to be depressed about that we've got to get to work babe <laughs> so it's so that we we have this huge disconnect and then we feel even more guilty when it hits us because we're like my mum or my mum's mum couldn't have time to feel this so why am I feeling this it's it's wrong of me and even what you're saying as well about like you know how do people do it on their own and how's this and how's that and I feel like being a woman of colour, you have to fight so hard for everything all the time. So we feel like a minute off, I'm I'm wasting my opportunity. I'm risking everything, basically. So why am I doing this? And and then you've, added, you've got the added pressure of, you're supposed to make babies. That's what you do, right? You feed them, you do this. You're, you're born to be a mother and nurture. But you've got it's one job very... to do. Exactly. <laughs> one Maya and Angelina, is there a... Um... Is there like a a, um, a generational disconnect where the generation before wants to know why women need to go to therapy or why they're having postpartum depression or maybe it wasn't something that, that they identified before and they don't know why? I, I don't I don't really understand the yes to all that. Mamas felt it, but they were in denial. Okay, they all were right. in so denial did, and they did were your told. Mom, did your mom recognize you had it? My mom, okay, first of all, my mom doesn't live in L.A. with my with my husband and I. My mom lives in Atlanta. My mom took a week and a half off of work because that's all she could afford to take off. That's another mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. Um, but she came and stayed with us for a week and a half. And when she took the time off, I was like, Mommy, that's, like, that's a long time. We'll be okay. We'll figure it out baby that was not enough time <laughs> like, I was like ma where you going come back you know it was it was rough but um my mom noticed she didn't notice she noticed that I was spending a lot of time in my car mm. by myself but she just thought that it would pass my mom 16 was a single mother so she's one of those people like you said Maya mm -hmm. like of our grandmothers and you know generations before us who felt like you just disregard your feelings mm -hmm. and keep pushing yeah emotions didn't exist them times that's right. we don't have time for that emotions anxiety depression mm -hmm. that just mm -hmm. didn't there was no vocabulary for that there was no permission for that yeah so <clears throat> So, um, so in the documentary, my mom speaks to her own struggles, one, but then B, how she didn't, how she missed it. Mm -hmm. She missed the need to rescue me sooner. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, and, and, and you know, and in, in the documentary, she talks about what it was like to be a teen mother and, oh. and not pass that trauma on with the trauma like that she suppressed on to me because that's the other mm. thing if you yourself are in denial it's going to seep out it's going to be misplaced in other ways like definitely yeah your children suffer mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know we we wonder why so many of our sisters are like mad at their kids yeah resentful they need, a nap. they need to lay down and go to sleep they need a vacation they need mm -hmm. a vacation away from their kids they need a psych ward that's what the psych ward was to me. Sound like the answer to your question, Fergus. Yes, there's a disconnect. Yes. For Big me, time. for me, however, 
I um, I'm a little younger, I think. Um, so there might be a slightly even different generation there because I was lucky because my mum's a psychotherapist. So from day one, I, that's the dream, right? <laughs> so from day one, I've just been therapized and nurtured and encouraged to talk about my feelings and all of that. However, <laughs> however, that didn't stop my mum's own issues from becoming a thing so like it's only now in my as I said in my 20s that we have the relationship where she's actually been able to be like okay I can put mothering on hold for a second and actually look at myself and mm. she's realized that she's been in an unhappy relationship and she's you know accepted things that she shouldn't have and it's extra and so that has actually been a lot of the um, reasoning behind me creating some of the things I do. So like I do Bosquial Collective, which is all about female empowerment and bringing people together and breaking these boundaries. So letting women of a certain generation, there's a lot she just had to accept. And by us at this time where we can, and we're in a position to do so, asking these questions, going and unpacking our trauma, we are stopping the buck here and we don't have to pass it on to our kids. Because like you just said, no matter what, you will pass it down. Even if like she's a therapist and she still managed to. Wow. So it, it, we're no one's immune basically. Yeah, but, for yeah. sure. Mm. Yeah, and it's important. I mean, I just feel like, kind of like what you said, you know, it's it, it's one thing to have gone through something, mm-hmm. be it a traumatic experience, and not, and kind of keep it to yourself. But, like, we owe it to other women, to other people, mm-hmm. to tell, to let them know, like, shit is real. So yeah. on, on that yeah. note, you, you go out into the comedy club, and you, you go on stage at 11 o'clock. People got a two-drink minimum. They're eating the, the wild wings. They're, they're on a date. And here you come with comedy about postpartum depression. How is that being received by men? And then how is it being received by women? And how are you joining that experience so the two can both enjoy it? Men love it. Okay. Okay. Are they loving Men it because love they it. think they see it in their wife? Like, yeah, she goes through the same no, crap. Because we, we hear, we hear, we hear drooping, drooping vagina, and we all in. We go. Right. <laughs> really? I would think a pretty, a pretty pussy would make you tune in, but you want the drooping. Man, listen, it's we, fun. We, we I've never heard it before. Realism. <laughs> Come on with it. All right. You like it? Well, at least I know what I'm getting into. Okay. I know. At least I know ahead of time. The joint gonna be juicy. I'm gonna have to pick it up from the bottom of the bed. Right. That, okay. All right. Fine. Yeah, and work with it. Right. Work. You know what? That's nasty. Anyway. But yes, men love. It. I mean, they love it because, first of all, young dudes love it because it buys them time. They tell me after the show, they're like, "Yo." Thank you. My girl been, you know, she been trying to get me to get pregnant. Ah, man, mm. you just laid that shit out. You're like, ah, yo, you get right now. Right? And then older dudes who are either in a relationship or just had kids, they're happy because, like you said, they're like, yo, finally, mm. okay. So it's not just my wife. Right. Mm. And women mm. love it because they're like, girl, it, I feel like it's like the new Me Too movement. Yeah, because definitely. it's like once somebody's Stands up, owns their trauma, owns the pain, and makes jokes about it. In my sense, it's like everybody's like, "Psych one girl, what you did you mm. go to?" Because mm. I went to one in Pasadena, and that one man, them nurses, girl, they knew how to give me my pills. And when it came to IV, girl, you need to ask Nurse Jackie because Nurse Jackie hit your hit your veins right. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, but it's real, and like yeah. I, maybe that's because I'm in LA. You know, my other city, they right. <laughs> Oh, you lost me, bitch. Uh, no. But, you know, people, they like to hear the real shit. Like, yeah. the fact that you can't wipe your vagina after you have a baby 
It's some shit nobody's saying. Right. Mm-hmm. But we're all going through it. Right. We all mm-hmm. got that stupid water bottle squirting, squirting up the damn water bottle and dabbing with gauze. Like, somebody even has told me that. Right. Get that dab. Get that dab, right? But, like, somebody need to have told me. So people love it. In comedy clubs, especially because nobody else is talking about it. So they're so they're like, oh, shit. Did she just really say she had a raggedy pussy? Mm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Don't, whatever. I'm cute. No <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're breaking boundaries, honestly. That is something so needed and necessary, especially our generation. Like, or even generations are, like, older than us. It's hard to take in strong information like that. For the older generation, because it's traumatic, so you can't just openly say, this happened to me, because it's going to be triggering. And for the younger generation, we want that insight. We want the realness to be like, oh, shit, that could happen, you know? And another question I had for you as well, how have you educated your husband on this? I was getting ready to ask the same thing. This is why we need to have men at the table for this conversation about Mm. broken vaginas and postpartum depression. Like we need, we need the men in here too, because men are a good man is going to be on the front line of defense right there with you. Okay. Mm. So I did not have to educate my man on postpartum depression because I didn't know it myself. So we both took the journey together. Um, he was, when my therapist called him and told him that I had to go to a psychiatric hospital, you know, he obviously broke down and cried, Mm. um, but he picked me up and he took me. But I think it was at that point that he really realized, like, I was crumbling. I was not, I, I couldn't function anymore. But, um... I mean, he has been there with me through literally everything. And for those who don't know, my husband is white. He's uh, affectionately known by my Instagram followers as White Bay. Um, and so he's open to, you know, the whole mental health conversation. Right. Because you know, it's less of a stigma in, in his community. So mm. he was all in. He was, I mean, we, we had gone to therapy together for years. Mm, you mm, know, mm. and. He has his own therapist. I got my own therapist. So we like we like talking out about our problems. We like paying people to hear about our problems. That's our thing. So <laughs> when it came time for me to go to the hospital, he was just he was all on deck. He was like, "What can I do to help? We need to get money together to relieve you, to have daycare, etc." So I mean, if but along the way, he didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. Where's his family? In Texas. Okay. Did his mom they, or Texas? sister or auntie come out? No. Okay. All right. Because in our minds, like millennial parents, like you feel like, okay, I got it. Like we mm. can be able to go see our family. No, which is why the documentary is going to give so much valuable information to caregivers, to families, to old heads, old people. Like stop asking me when am I having kids? Because mm. you're not giving me the real on what your pussy looked like after this. Like, you didn't give me that. You didn't give me them tools. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they I don't think they were as concerned. They needed to be. Well, how about this? <laughs> if you ain't concerned, don't assume that I don't want to be concerned. Okay? Pass that mm. on down. Pass mm. that on down to me. Let me make that choice. Ferg, where you go, yeah. go where you're going with this. So, because I got, I got no, something man, after. It's, 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 it's a generational, I think it's a generational issue. Um, it's just different. I, I think that 
the things that millennials are concerned about and the things that our parents are concerned about, they're just two different things. Our parents can't see it mm. from a millennial standpoint. A millennial can't see it from our parents. To, I, I'm just something as basic as Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, TikTok, and everything else. Our parents have billboards on the highway. Mm. I mean, ju- just that, just that, their view of the world is different. Like our pa- my parents still can't understand to this day why you need to fucking pick up your phone every time it dings, bu- buzzes, mm. or flashes a light. They said, "Why you? Why? Why?" To my kids, "Why you letting that run your life?" They don't understand it. Well, we and I don't. And, and, right, but 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 no, no. I telling you just so. There's some people they ain't dealing with that. Like when yeah, I go back, true. when I go back true. to the Bahamas, the guy in the Bahamas told me he was like. What is wrong with all you Americans? He said, why do you all need therapy all the time? Everything that goes on in your life, you don't need therapy. You need they to go got to the beach, okay? No, they no, got no, the beach and fresh coconut milk. That's what I said. You need to go to Shut church. Shut your ass up. Motherfucker, <laughs> you no, 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 been no, no, going to like me. I, I didn't say nothing to him because he's my parents' age. So mm. I just listened to him talk. But I'm, I'm just letting you know they can't see it. So their mm-hmm. misspeaking is actually misstepping. Mm-hmm. And I think your documentary is going to give them the education that they need, but we got to educate them without beating them up. No, mm-hmm. which is why jokes. Jokes win. Yeah, okay. exactly. It's exactly. a beautiful it's a, delivery. It's a non-triggering, it's a non-triggering right, 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 information right. Like, source. Are you going to cover this stuff in your comedy special as well? Yes, I'm covering everything from, you know... Breastfeeding at comedy clubs. I would breastfeed mm. at the world famous comedy store on Sunset Boulevard awesome. before my set so that my nipples would not show that, you know, I was lactating. Mm. Sir, awesome. ma'am, mm. uh huh. Like the whole thing, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, everything is going to be covered in, in it. You know, I just feel like ignorance is not an excuse. Definitely. But when we create an environment where people can get the information, receive the information, laugh at it, identify mm. with it, and then it it will feel like it hit home. You Definitely. know what I'm saying? I feel like because there's so many layers of of suppression, people just mm-hmm. saying, oh, no, you know, I got to fight through it. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And then your aunties do it. Your grandma did it. Your mama did it. So many levels of that. That it's going to take a really safe environment for people to say, yo, I really had a hard time, too. And I get it. Your daughter is almost the age where she's going to be able to understand this stuff. And and, and listen, nothing you do on the Internet ever disappears. She'll be able to go back. (laughs) No, but that's good. That's good. She'll be able to go back. She will be able to see how you revolutionized how we see this. Especially for me. I'm going to be able... To, thank you. I'm going to be able to, it's going to resonate more with me as a, as a young woman who hasn't had kids yet. Your words are going to resonate way more with me than they will from a middle-aged white woman who doesn't really, it's not, I can't really re- understand. It doesn't, it doesn't fit my life. You're a working woman. You've had to go and get it. And you've done that. And through that, you've obviously experienced something that you're speaking on. And I rate that. Like for me, that's even like, it's so revolutionary. And, um, but I was going to ask you as well, being in the work that you do, have you had any, um, uh, what's the word, any shaming about being a new mom? Did you feel shame? Like, oh, I don't want my nipples to leak and then obviously highlight the fact that I'm a new mom or anything like I that. I think you should get or on stage with the shirt deliberately wet 
It'll add to the comedy show. It'll add to the whole sketch. <laughs> I used to Fly bring my out. daughter to open mic with me in the car seat. Yes. I was like, in the rain. I was like, oh, no. We, we, we're going to get these jokes out, okay? Mm. Um, you asked me, okay, the first question was about Ava seeing this stuff. Mm. So my daughter's name is Ava. Um, she was scrolling through my phone the other day, and she saw a picture that I have yet to release online because I'm, <laughs> it still brings up a lot of, don't laugh, motherfucker, you don't know where I'm going, okay? No, I'm bugging. Um, but like, she saw a picture of me holding her in the hospital and I looked scared. Mm. And only maybe three people have ever seen that photo. And when she saw it, she said, she said, mommy, why do you look like you're in pain? Is that baby Ava? Mm. And I said, yeah, baby, I, that, that's baby Ava. I wasn't in pain. It's just, um, I don't know what excuse I came up with, but I just kept swiping. I was like, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't mean for her to see that. You know, I just, I, I don't know what she's going to think about what I'm doing. I don't know how she's, I know that at a certain point in her life, she'll understand. Yeah. Mm. Cause you'll explain it to her. Right. And, and by that time, the world will be more ready. The world, everyone's going to get more woke as time goes on. And it will be, yeah. I'm telling you, man, I, I am, I've done a lot of these podcasts with Coach B, and he, he'll tell you, like, I am fucking enjoying this more than any other podcast. It, it is it is informative. It is educational. Your, your The way you deliver it is... Is is quality. I, I'm gonna want to see the documentary, and then Maya comes in with that smooth English accent. Come just, on, you know, come on. That top of, yeah, 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 right, right. But man, I'm telling you, this is this is this has been, I mean, beneficial. My, but my next question for you is mm -hmm. the the intimate connection between your between you and your husband and you and your daughter. After the birth, those two things were running parallel. How did you manage those two things? I felt like I failed at both of them. Mm. My, my, my marriage suffered. And my relationship with Ava suffered. It suffered so much. And you'll see more of this in the documentary because we mm. walked through like my whole house and what triggering moments. But it's going to be all in the name of comedy because it's not going to be triggering. That's the one thing. But like I couldn't even, for two years, I had no baby pictures of my daughter up in the house because I was triggered by seeing any kind of infant pictures. Like, I, it's just, mm-mm. My, it was, they, they both are parallel, but I was, I failed at both of them. I was, I wasn't myself. I wasn't myself and I feel like fathers need to be prepared for that. Like, don't be out here making babies with somebody you don't really like like that. Because after she have a baby, she might not be the same. She won't mm. be. Right. She won't be. She won't be. She will not right. be. Right. So it's like, you know, and you especially if you... conviction, boy. You're like, she will not be. <laughs> not the vagina, but her sheep. She, she uh-uh. Right. She gonna change. Right. She gonna no change, doubt. man. She gonna change. So yeah. that's facts. So it's just like, you know, um, everything suffers. Everything suffered as a result, like when I was going through it, you know, I, but I was trying desperately to crawl myself out of it because I knew that something just wasn't right. I just didn't have the tools to do it. 
So, I mean, outside of the, I mean, within or uh, underneath the postpartum umbrella, how long did it take for you and your husband to get back to, now I'm not talking about the sex, but dating and, and, it's and going dating. Each other again. Right, right. Cause you, cause now when you go to Cracker Barrel, you got to go and you got to sit the little, the kid's seat there. Yeah, I go to Cracker Barrel. I, I, I'm I, like, I, hey, the Cracker Barrel, that's real regional. I, <laughs> after, after, yeah, after, you know, after I church on Sunday, you got to go there and get something to eat. Um, but here's the deal. Like, when, I know when I go out to eat, and Coach Beer tell you, and I'm sure your four-year-old daughter, every time they go out, they knock the drinks over on the table. Mm-hmm. Or they, or they spend, like, it's, I don't care how many tops or cups you put on. It's hard to create that level of, Romantic. You know, I, not even, I can't even, ro- the romantic side I'm not saying you got to throw it out the window, but you, you, you got to scramble to get it. Right. But you're looking for some that intimacy. Like how, uh. how did, how, how did you work on that intimacy? Because now you got three people. Mm-hmm. It's not two anymore. It's mm-hmm. a new dynamic. So how long did it take for you to get that intimacy back with your husband? Well, once I, that's why I say the psych ward, the hospital was such a gift to me because that showed me how I need to create boundaries for myself how I need to ask for help, buy help. If that means that I work just so that I could have somebody watch my baby so my husband and I could go out and sleep in the car or have sex in the car or do whatever we want to do outside of the house, that's important. You know what I'm saying? So, but it wasn't until I had this reset at the hospital that I felt like I, I, could, I was, could give myself permission to do that. Before I was like, oh, it's just a waste of money or we don't really have it like that. Like, how can I like afford to 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 get a babysitter or go to daycare? Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a superstar yet. Like, I don't, I'm not on a TV series. I can't afford this. Or that's my mindset, because you know, I'm budget conscious and I'm not a millionaire. But I have you have to. You have to. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. family helped when I got out of the hospital because they realized at that point and not any point sooner, they right. realized that we couldn't do it by ourselves. So they pulled money together and helped us put my daughter in daycare for the first six months. My family covered it. Wow. That's no small thing. Daycare is no, not cheap. Be, no, it ain't cheap. But it's like you have to create, you got to carve out the time. And I if that means, yeah, and like my husband, he'll take off the day of work while my daughter's in daycare so we can have a date. We got childcare provided for. It's just we can't go out at night, but we, we hey, we gonna get drunk during the day. So have some brunch, you know what I'm saying? So you and ask the urgency, the urgency surrounding mental health needs to improve in all aspects. And that's definitely something that you're saying as well with this, which is like, you know, we need to treat like mental health and bettering that the same way you would treat a debt. Like if, if you're in debt and there's people at your door banging it down, say, we need to come and take the TV. Everyone comes together to get that money to help that. Yeah, that's, that's how you funny. treat mental health. It's just as important. And that's why I'm glad because I feel like my generation gets that a bit more. Not all of us. Everyone's still on their own journey. But luckily, we are freed of a lot of trauma. So we can even yeah. afford to have these kind of thoughts, luckily. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Like, I feel like the stuff and like it's that, a part of the mainstream conversation. Stuff. Like, yeah. that's all it needs to be. Mm, like, exactly. the fact that, that, you know, millennials can talk about, like, oh, I got to go see my therapist, or, oh, I need to re-up on my meds, or, damn, girl, do you have Zoloft because I left mine at home kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Like, it, it just needs to be a mainstream conversation. Like, you start your period... 
Girl, you got a tampon? I need one. Because that's really how common it is. Exactly, exactly. So it's just like postpartum is the new black. Mm. It's normal. Everybody, a lot of people get it. Not everybody gets it. Some people are lucky, but just assume you're going to get it. Yeah, mm. literally. Because I think what you said was so key as well when you said it's different to everyone. Like some of my clients, for example, mm-hmm. I've definitely noticed, even during their pregnancy, changes. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, as a, as a personal trainer, and I see them change and they see their body, I've had clients cry during the session because they're like, I could do this a week ago. Why can't I now? And I'm just like, I know, but you just got to stay with it. And so much is changing and it's so crazy. And I feel blessed that I've got a first-hand seat to seeing it all before I go through it. But it's just something that we can't we can't say as a blanket term and this this and this will happen to you for sure and that means you've got it you've got to be open to everything and and not suppress that and and you know right embrace and, the, it, really. and the key is is prevention like mm-hmm. there's a new drug that's out on postpartum depression which is timely with the documentary and all the fundraising and stuff that I'm doing but you know and a lot of people are you know excited or shocked they have different emotions about the drug but my thing is is postpartum depression is preventable mm. I was gonna and ask so, you. Knowing what uh-huh. you know now, what would you have done differently, or what would you tell yourself if you can go back four years? I'm writing a book about it, honey. There Wait we go. for the book, but I'm gonna give you a little bit on that. I'm gonna give you a little bit on that. Um, <laughs> the only thing I'm gonna say to that is ask for help and be willing to receive the help. Mm. Yeah. The hardest thing to do is to speak up and say, "Damn, I really need." somebody to bring some chicken by. I haven't eaten for three days and I'm breastfeeding and my teeth are going to fall out. Mm. But, because you feel like that's such a small thing to ask for, but you need to speak up, ask for the help and be open to receiving it. So if if your friend want to send you chicken every day for the week, so you have something to eat every day, accept the help, boo, and say thank you because you need it. Mm. You know? Um, But yeah, postpartum is is definitely preventable. you know, they screen mothers and they test mothers for gestational diabetes. You know, they check your blood pressure for preeclampsia. But postpartum depression is the number one pregnancy side, uh, not side effect, but the, the number one complication for pregnancy. Mm. But ain't nobody talk. My doctor never asked me about that. Mm. How you feeling? You what got- you need? For give you a not everybody has that relationship or well, not everyone has mothers who are willing to share that kind of stuff. Your doctor should like, be asking you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, your doctor should be asking, and you should be able to speak to your mum and be like, mum, is, is that something that, can you, are we ever going to, do you think yes. that? And obviously, if you have that, you're lucky. But some people don't have that. Like, yeah. It's a cultural thing as well. Some people, their culture, they don't even talk about sex or periods of their mum. So how are we going to get to the point of when I actually came out of you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, not, it's not an easy jump. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I totally, everything you're saying is just like stars sparkling. Thank you. Angelina, uh, I've asked you to give me so much of this free information and you have been more than, more than, uh, (laughs) generous with it. How can we support you? Where can we find out more about, uh, your Kickstarter campaign or however you're accepting support for your documentary and where can we find you on the comedy tour? All support. All support. Okay. All support. Um, if it's coins out the ashtray in your car, if it's, you know, a couple of singles you've got, if you want to make it rain with, with, with a couple of racks, go ahead and do that. <laughs> um, I will take it all, please. Um, this information is just, it's so, obviously I'm very passionate about it because I just feel like it's such an easy fix. If we just talk about it, it's out there on the table and nobody has to suffer anymore. You know what I'm saying? But I do need help 
bringing it to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can go to my website, www.angelinaspicer.com and donate to the Kickstarter. We have raised um, $8,155 so far. The goal is to raise $50,000 by April 18th, so I have a little bit of time left to um, to shoot the special, to shoot the comedy special that's gonna be the backbone of the film. It's not gonna be triggering, it's not gonna be depressing, it's gonna be a funny sort of chronology of my journey with postpartum. Um, but yeah, people can find me on Instagram, at Angelina Spicer. Drop a mic in the comments so I know that y'all heard me on the podcast. You dig? <laughs> Give your girl some coins, some love and some coins. Throw some love, some mics and some coins because I needed to get this documentary finished because um, don't have my broken coochie be out here in vain, okay? People didn't have to know that about me, but I'm putting it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, any Any last questions or any last comments, folks? I do, uh, last, I do have a last couple. Go ahead, Maya. You go first. Uh, mine's a bit of a long-winded one. I might have to ask you that privately. It's not... It's not okay. It's not personal, but it's just oh, like, girl, I can told you about, you know, my uterus. You, you no, can no, be personal. No, no, uh, don't be no more personal than that. In the cod, but I don't mind. I can sit here all day. Um, uh, I was going to say, mm-hmm. one of the... Um, so, I do brunches under my thing, Boss Gal Collective. And oh, I yeah. also have my own podcast, guys. At Tried It Podcast, at Boss Gal Collective. Add it to your list. Anyway... Um, one of the things we spoke about because we host brunches was about the stigma attached to women who don't want to have children. And obviously, you spoke about having more than one and, and how you're stigmatized already because you're like, I don't want any more. And they're going to be like, you've got to give her a brother or sister. That's so unfair. All of that kind of stuff. How what techniques have you used to, to other than just loving yourself and saying this is this is what I'm doing? What else have you done to combat the negativity? Oh, gosh. Sharing. Honestly. Whenever I share my hardships, which I I mean, not everybody is comfortable doing that, but the more you share with people your struggles and your hardships, the more they back up all for you. You know Mm. what I'm saying? Mm. Like my go-to is the psych ward. Once I say I went to the loony bin, the crazy house, and I was on medication, they're like, oh, 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 yeah, 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 no more kids for you. But if you one, (laughs) right, they're like, yeah, yeah, you have, sometimes they don't even let up on that, but... (laughs) For people who feel, you know, isolated or stigma, you know, feel the stigma of not wanting children. I mean, I would, I, mean, I would turn it back on the on on the person asking and be like, well, why didn't you, you know, like, are you gonna breastfeed the baby for me? Are you gonna have your vagina broken? Are you gonna, you know, what I'm saying, or like, I don't have a man, or like, you know, I love my career, or I like my savings, I like to travel. Girl, I go to Greece, Greece three times a year. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. I, that That's a tough one. I just, I, I, I overshare. And, and that usually gets people off my back. So I would encourage people to do the same. It's mm. like, for example, if somebody can't get pregnant, if they're on their fifth round of IVF, mm. and here you are throwing shade at them because they haven't gotten pregnant yet, you don't know their personal journey. You don't know yeah. that they've spent all this money. Definitely to do this by themselves sometimes. And you just like, but if you share that, like, girl, you know, you gonna pay for this next round of IVF? Mm. Or, I mean, you know, men have low sperm count, like all kinds of issues on why people can't get pregnant. And 
girl. I, I could be here all day on this soapbox. But yeah, it <laughs> See, is. I, I said, mean, let me ask you personally because I knew yeah. it would happen. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just, no, it's, okay, it's, that's, that's it's helpful. Fucked up. <laughs> Come on, Bahamian. What you got for me? Ferg, what you got? Oh, I'm, I'm just going to close it. You dig? I, um, I've. I had an opportunity to coach all around the all around the globe. I coached people that went to the Olympics, UFC world champions, and I've had opportunity to be coached early and to, to coach now and to coach millennials. And when I was competing and training, it's been, I talked to the Army Ranger in my place. What we did is, however you felt, your feelings didn't matter. You pushed it to the side and you pushed through. Mm-hmm. And there's a level of there's a level of success that you can experience with that. And it is effective and it works. However, it that coaching style is not congruent with today's student. Coach B knows that I had to do, I had to coach lacrosse with my son. It was an educational experience because it's not how I coach, but I had to learn what's called conversational coaching. You, you can run the 400 meter dash and not care how your legs feel and win. And you can run the 400 meter dash and be in touch with how your legs feel and how your lungs are burning and still win. Yep. And, and I didn't and I did not understand the difference of the two because I didn't experience what I did is I get on the finish line at the starting line and say, I don't give a fuck how I feel. I don't <laughs> give a fuck how my lungs feel. I don't give a fuck about lanes one, two, three, <laughs> five, six, and seven. I'm gonna run the fucking race. There's another way where you can say, let me take in the environment and the people and the, and the people in the blocks, they're almost crying because they're taking in the environment and, and, and other people look at them like they're weak and they get in touch with how they're going to feel at a hundred meter mark and at 250. And they run that whole race and they, they take in everything and they break down at the end and they either run the same time or better. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware four or five years ago that you can unpack all of those feelings and get in touch with that whole experience and still have a quality outcome. And the thing that is really awesome about the discussion today is that you're letting young women know and soon to be moms know that you don't have to push that pain and that trauma down. You can deal with it and it doesn't make you weak. Mm. It doesn't make you less of a mom. It doesn't make you less of a person. And you can still accomplish everything that you have in your mind to accomplish and more. And that particular lesson is powerful, Angelina. I mean, it is it is absolutely powerful because nobody is nobody is delivering it like that. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're not, man. I, I wish you the utmost success. And I, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm going to donate to your Kickstarter. I'm mm-hmm. telling you right now. Because, only because you're a bison. Ain't, nothing else don't matter to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Mr. with the psych. <laughs> if you have a um a little video or or something where you where you explain everything of like why you need the money for the documentary, I'll post that on all my platforms as well. So that you know, because everything I'll do. I'll do the same. I'll do the same. I'll do the same. Sounds like support. I love support. Side note. Complete side note. I just got back from Morocco. Oh yes, I right. Saw. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Black man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so look, when I was out at this uh, in this Berber village, you know they sell the rugs mm. and everything. They get these big houses full of all these Berber rugs. They want to 
sell you these rugs. They tell you the story of every rug. There was a category of rug where they're made by uh, a certain sect of Berber people, by mm-hmm. the women. And they're all done on these hanging looms. And they told me, this is uh, the traditional rug where the woman will communicate to her husband her feelings. You're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to like communicate your feelings other ways. You have to make the rug. And the rug, if you read, know how to read the rug, will tell you how she's feeling about her life and her feelings. And that's how they still do it today, which is crazy. So I asked the guy, I said, what does this rug say? Like, there's only like 10 symbols on the joint. And he goes, oh, well, this means she lives in a tent and she's uh, happy to have children. And, and mm. this, that, and that. I'm like, still? It's 2019. Mm. This is how like, this is how like, she has to communicate like, her feelings. Like, like, what, like what, what if she changed her mind? You know, <laughs> yeah, she's gonna make another rug. Can she have more than ten feelings? I mean, there's only ten uh, symbols. It's Jesus. crazy. It's it crazy. crazy. I mean, but these Ooh. folks still have sheep. They still got camera. It's not like you know they holding their iPhone and whatnot. This is their communication <laughs> device. Boy, it's crazy. Wow. It's still going down. So nobody, oh, nobody from that Wi-Fi village is gonna feet. hear about your comedy special. So be blessed that you're going to reach all these people who have iPhones. But I'm just saying there's a huge marketplace for what you're doing. And I I just really find it inspiring, which is why I reached out to you, because I really think that um, you're going to, the effort that you have is going to change the world. Uh, You know, the more we... Speaking of the world and people without phones, the World Health Organization reached out to me. Word. Uh, Yes. And invited me to speak at the Women Deliver, Deliver, yes, Women Deliverers Conference in Vancouver with all world leaders and all the leading people in for all of women issues, including uh, like uh, American Society of Gynecological, Gynecological Studies and uh, like New York Times bestsellers, the founder of the Me Too movement, she's gonna be speaking. Um, so I will at that conference reach some of these more remote locations and remote people, but iPhone users, Android users, I don't discriminate. I need the coin. No doubt. Both, both. Both, both. <laughs> um, I love you guys for having me. Follow me at Angelina Spicer. Donate at www.angelinaspicer.com. And I would love to stay connected with y'all and do this again. Yes. Fantastic. Sure.